This episode of Dana Being Dana is brought to you in part by Good Therapy Counseling. Hello and welcome to Dana Being Dana. That's me and I'm thrilled you're with us. My show is all about different aspects of the human connection, things that bring us together and living life intentionally. When someone asks you, how are you doing? What is your real answer? Are you fine? How are you really doing? In recent years, many people have experienced life challenges in a myriad of ways. And as a result, we are living a new normal. Everything feels harder and nothing is the same. Concentration, anxiety, memory, depression, difficulty sleeping and long COVID symptoms are just some of the common ways we have been impacted. It is helpful to know that you are not alone. Good therapy counseling owner, Abby Cook, and Director of Psychological Services, Brittany Nelson, are joining me now to give us some expert insight on life as we know it. Thank you ladies for, for joining me. How are you doing? Doing great, thanks doing for having good. us. Yeah, right. thank I'm you. so Let's glad you're here. you're here. What is the landscape of the mental health space these days? And is there a new normal? What are you seeing? So the landscape of mental health is evolving and the stigma is decreasing and people are more willing to come into counseling. And I think that also the opportunity to do telehealth is providing people different means of sharing their feelings and, and getting there and talking about counseling. Do you feel like people are angrier, more frustrated, more stressed? I, more stressed, I would say for sure. Yeah. Um, I think the concept of moving back into a new normal put a lot of stress on people because we don't have a definition of what new normal means. This is true. But also life can't return back to what it looked like pre-COVID and pre-pandemic. And um, people are still trying to navigate what that looks like, being a parent and being a child, being in a professional role of any kind and stress for sure, angry. It's been hard. Mm -hmm. It's been hard. I think a lot of people were expecting to just kind of bounce back. Yeah. And without really conceptualizing what the new normal would look like, what the impact of the Mm -hmm. pandemic and everything related to that. What are some of the recent positives of the last few years? What I have seen is that, again, people are actually willing to come in for counseling. Um, I think people aren't as worried about what other people think. Um, And I think we, everybody's a little bit more accepting. That's true, that's true. Mm -hmm. Brittany, how did the pandemic humanize therapists? I think it's a great question. I think for the first time, it's really the only time the therapists have been on the same, almost like playing ground as their clients. Like telehealth has opened up the doors to see what therapist homes look like. And first time we're experiencing this overarching issue that clients are coming to therapy about, but also therapists are experiencing at the same time and need to navigate and being able to handle. And um, I think it built really great rapport and great relationships with clients and to Abby's point, I think made people more comfortable coming to therapy and have made a lot of long-term clients now that otherwise might not have ever come into therapy. Yeah. Yeah. Why does it feel harder to cope? I think a lot of people go through this, you know, things that would be easy to deal with or or cope with before seem much harder now, frustrated. Um, I see a lot of road rage. Yeah. (laughs) Why does it feel like it's harder to cope? Has our resiliency um, been impacted since COVID? I think so, absolutely. I think people kind of lost some of their skills when they were isolated at home. Um, And now that the world is opening up and has opened up, I think people are kind of forgetting those skills. Mm -hmm. And so it's stressful for them, for some people to even leave their house now because of that. Mm -hmm. Still, 
Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, let's talk about children because good therapy counseling, you'd see children yeah. as well. Um, how are children impacted, you know, by all this? Are they, are they different than adults? I would say so. I think across the lifespan, everybody has been impacted in the sense that we're all still in some ways the same people we were three years ago before the pandemic. But with children in particular, everything about their development was halted. So yeah. school, they missed out on all those milestones, peer development they missed out on. And now we're just throwing them back into schools and back into all their activities, acting as if everything is still the same, but it's not. And in a lot of ways they're emotionally the same age they were back when the pandemic started while physically growing and being the age that they actually are. And I think the social skills, um, people were isolated at home and they, they lost that skill. So yeah. going back into school, people have become a little bit more, or kids have become a little bit more reserved. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you find that older minors, like high school children, who have been impacted in the pandemic, you know, at a, at a younger age, like freshmen, for example, those freshmen are now like seniors, mm-hmm. right? So I think some of, like you said, uh, not having some of the opportunities or missing out on certain things, you think it adds a, a certain level of stress when it comes to like college prep mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff because they've had a chunk of time so close to their graduation being impacted by this pandemic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and a lot of their ind- independence was taken away. Right. You think about all those high school milestones of getting your driver's license. You can't do that when school shut down and the DMV was shut down and mm-hmm. prom they missed out mm-hmm. on and going on college visits, all those things that we would have considered normal pre-pandemic. They still did, but over telehealth or over Zoom and nothing felt the same. And then they're being sent off to college as if they're prepared for it. But in a lot of ways, they're not actually prepared. With anxiety and depression on the rise, do you find that people are now over-diagnosing themselves? Do they come to you, you know, with their Google search of, of mm-hmm. what they um, are diagnosed with? Yes, what I like to refer to as Dr. Google. Um, <laughs> yes, and I would say it's twofold. In a lot of ways, that's a positive thing. Going back to what Abby said earlier, of the access to care is significantly changed. Um, and social media has been great because it's getting people talking about mental health. Yeah. But at the same time, I think people are overexposed to diagnoses and symptoms and everything's on a spectrum and labeling themselves maybe as having a disorder when maybe there are symptoms of something that aren't a part of a larger diagnosis that actually needs significant treatment. Um, but at the same time as bringing them into therapy, at least to have that conversation to see if the diagnosis is actually relevant and something that is worth looking into more. I also think social media has an impact on that. So um, a lot of the social media apps, um, high school kids and middle school kids are hearing um, stories on those that, you know, make them start to think, oh, well, this sounds like me. Yeah. Um, And I think that's a huge issue for high school and middle school kids. Mm -hmm. And I think going back to the coping piece, um, having a bad day, you know, or a bad week (laughs) and thinking that it's more than than just that. You know, we all have our bad moments. We all have our bad days. We make mistakes, Mm -hmm. uh, but they don't have to be as serious or as severe, um, which I find to be to be interesting. Mm-hmm. So what advice do you have for people navigating a mental health crisis? I think they need to, or try to be okay going to counseling and asking for help, whether it's a teacher, a friend, um, anybody that can help them get into that process of counseling um, and hopefully bringing that stigma down. Yeah, And we're gonna continue talking in just a moment. We're gonna take a quick break. You're watching Dana Being Dana. Don't go away. 
This episode of Dana Being Dana is brought to you in part by Good Therapy Counseling. Welcome back to Dana Being Dana. We are still talking about how are you doing? Joining me now are my friends Megan and Vic, and still with us is Abby Cook, owner of Good Therapy Counseling. How are you all doing? Good, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. Megan, you have had several life changes in a short period of time. Tell us more about it. Uh, let's see, uh, four years ago, my brother-in-law passed away. Um, and then my, then I went through a horrible divorce. And then my mother-in-law, my mom passed away. Um, and then I got let go from my job for almost like 25 years. 20 years, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so, but, you know, do you just take it one day at a time? Yep. And, but change is good. That's my new motto. Change is very good. Yeah. I applaud you for everything that you've gone through and you've overcome. Um, your brother-in-law, Steve, was a good friend of mine. Mm -hmm. And um, he passed from cancer. Right. Um, and there have been just so many things since then, mm -hmm. you know, that you've had to endure. Um, Abby, can you talk a little bit about compound grief, mm -hmm. um, which is experiencing multiple crying. things kind of back to back and right. that feeding into to one another. Um, what advice do you have? Talk a little bit about that. Well, of course, I recommend counseling and talking with somebody about all of the issues that you're experiencing. I think sometimes it's good to write these things down. Um, sometimes when you see all the issues that come up that you're dealing with, it, it helps you to determine which ones you wanna talk about first and to prioritize. I think counseling to help you process is always a good thing. Megan, can you talk a little bit about your experience in that? I think just talking to either a counselor or to friends. Good friends. I have like a great network of friends in my neighborhood and just throughout Naperville, yeah. um, just to give you great advice. Um, and have my kids are also in therapy though too. So just with everyday life with the pandemic and COVID and then also with everything they, they've been through, which is good for them too. Absolutely, and you have come so far, um, mm -hmm. having gone through so much, all of that change is so good. Mm -hmm. You've landed a new job. You get closer to home, more time with my kids. Which is fantastic, mm -hmm. um, and you've renovated your house. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, your, your dad is closer to you now, which is awesome, so that's, that's great. Mm -hmm. Yeah, my dad lives with me now for six months. And we redid my first floor for him to move in, and he has his own room downstairs and bathroom. And so, yeah, and he helps a lot when he's around. That's but now awesome, he's back so. down in Florida, <laughs> enjoying his life. Enjoying his, his life in Florida. Right. Um, but just congratulations to you. Thank on you. Everything that you've been through and coming out on top, and um, all of these new chapters for mm -hmm. you. I think that that is so, so good. Yeah, thank you. Vic, you have an incredible story as well. Tell us a little bit more about it. Well, yeah, uh, so I lost my mom when I was about 19 years old. My dad died when I was 23 and in law school, and he died with $3,000 in his checking account. I was the only child. Uh, I lost the house I grew up in, the only car I had. Uh, I was homeless for a little while. I stayed in a van that I borrowed from the girl he was dating when he uh, when he died. And uh, So all yeah. of this is by 23? Yeah. 23, yeah. wow. And then what? Uh, and then I went on to start and found my own uh, tech company called Verenia after a few 
um, <laughs> I don't know, side quests. Side quests. And then uh, uh, I sold it to Oracle last January. Um, and fantastic. Congratulations to you, Vic. Thank you so much for sharing your story. Um, what strategies do you all have for people who feel like they just can't get a break when you're in that darkest place? Um, what advice do you have? Mine is day by day, one day at a time. I always encourage people to make sure they're doing something they love, whether it's a craft or whether it's spending time with friends or family, but making time, exercise, making time for something that you feel passionate about. Vic? Yeah, I, same. I've always felt keeping a routine. Like mm -hmm. I still get up at four in the morning and I do my workout and I cook my kids omelets and I do the same things I did 10 years ago before I had any money and I still do it all today and I live my life much the same way and I think that gives me a, a, just a comfort of not thinking too hard about anything, which helps because thinking too hard about stuff is where I get lost in my head. It's true. And uh, so the less I spend time thinking about it, which I know is like antithetical to, to, to some forms of therapy for themselves, but for me it's just living the process every day the same way that got you here and you just keep doing that stuff and then it just works itself out. At least it has for me. Now your major accomplishment um, has been incredible. What has it allowed you to do, particularly in the community? We, uh, we started a family foundation called the Pelicano Family Foundation. We've given away, I think, $150,000 to date uh, in the last year and a half to uh, teen charities, specifically a lot of it to the Alive Center here in Naperville. Uh, we're huge supporters. We, uh, and that's where my wife and I struggled with uh, life stuff. And we feel like there's a lot of people working on problems for adults and children with disabilities. And, but we feel like there's a big gap for, for teenagers because uh, they're not cute and they swear and they smell. <laughs> and, you know, there's just a lot of reasons, frankly, not to like them. And there's not a lot of support. And that's when my wife and I could have used it. Uh, and there wasn't anything like that stuff out there then. And I, I hope to see more of it. And we hope to, to support it. That's so powerful, um, and thank you. We're big fans of the Alive Center in Naperville as well, um, in Aurora and other locations. Um, what was the scariest moment for you? Can you talk about when times were hardest? I think trying to be on my own, yeah. like going through the divorce. How was I going to keep the house? How was I going to keep my kids' food on the table? Um, just wanted to go back to like normal times for them without having their father at the house. So that was the scariest time for me. And I think so many people feel that way, right? Mm -hmm. But you get through it. Mm -hmm. You will get through it. Uh, I think people, a lot of people ended relationships during this time and uh, knowing that you will get through it, you know, and, and being able to figure that out. What about you, Vic? There's been a lot, right? I, I think the scariest uh, time for me was uh, the business wasn't doing well and, um, it wasn't even about being alone and whether or not I would make it. I mean, I was, I was by myself. I knew I'd figure it out, but my, uh, my, my son, my firstborn son, uh, he's 10 now, but I was really worried he, he may never talk and the business wasn't doing well. And he was a late talking kid. And, uh, I just had like a full on like mental breakdown of sorts. I hadn't had in a long time, you know, panic attacks, the sobbing, the everything. And that was really hard. And he's fine, by the way, everything's fine. Uh, but it was just where it all caught up to me just one day, you know, and uh, I actually had a friend I called and I, I was uh, just sobbing and just 
talking. And then he said, uh, he said, he said, let me ask you, he goes, Remy, that's my son's name. He goes, is he, uh, is he happy? And I was like, yeah, he's like the happiest kid I know. He goes, well then, well, I can't say the other thing because it's on TV. He goes, well then forget <laughs> about it. And I went, this is, it's all in my head. Right. Yeah. All this problem is in my head. Like it exists nowhere else, not for him, not for the world. Like it was all in my head and being able to like, just let go of that, let it work itself out was, it was a big step for me personally and in my journey as a parent to learn how to do that job better. Cause it is a job and you do, you're not good at it when you start. That, <laughs> and that's true. that was a big step for me to learn to just there, they have their own journey. Don't put any expectations on them. And Thank you both for sharing. I really appreciate that because I think it's important for people to understand that in that dark moment, right, you can still get out of that. It may be in your head, it may not be, um, but navigating those circumstances and you can have help to do so. So what are you most proud of now, having gone through everything you've gone through? My independence. Awesome. Yep. Uh, my kids. They're great kids. We're great. Yeah. Yeah. Abby, what advice do you have for people who are in this space of, you know, having these troubled times and um, looking to move forward, taking that step if they're stuck? I think that um, people being okay with the fact that they're going to have struggles throughout their life and expect that they're going to need to, you know, talk with a friend, talk with a counselor, um, and work those things out and, and positive things do come come to light. Yeah, trouble doesn't last always. Right. And you will get through it. And you'll become stronger too. You do, you do. We're gonna be stronger after this quick break. Don't go away, we'll be right back. Stay in the know, at home or on the go with NCTV 17 News Update. This quick recap of everything happening in and around town will be delivered straight to your email inbox for free. Sign up today. This episode of Dana Being Dana is brought to you in part by Good Therapy Counseling. Welcome back to Dana Being Dana, where I am joined once again by Brittany. And I'm also here with my friends Carla and Jeff. How are you all doing? Jeff, you started in the pandemic as a elementary school principal. Tell us about that and your decision to transition out of that role. Uh, sure, yeah. Well, I spent uh, 10 years as a building school administrator um, and seems to be my pattern is around 10 years, I started thinking maybe time to shift gears and do something a little bit different. So I was already proactively looking for uh, the next step in my career. And so it just happened that the timing was such that uh, I was approved for my new job uh, at district office level at a large high school district in the suburbs. And I had uh, was trying to finish out my time at my previous job and then boom, the pandemic hit. And so all of those things like trying to manage that and trying to get ready to transition a new role uh, really was uh, quite the uh, moment. Yeah. It was quite the moment for sure. Carly, you left your executive job after eight years to focus more on family. Tell us what happened. Absolutely. So I actually loved the work. I loved the people I worked for. But there had actually been a ton of transition happening there as well. We were working through the pandemic and in corporate America, it was a very intense time. And then about a year into the pandemic, the boss that I came to work for and had known for many years before was diagnosed with a pretty severe case of cancer. Oh. And, um, and after 
couple of weeks of just getting her house in order, she left the company and six months later she was gone. And so it just was a really big moment to reflect on where I was in my life, where I saw my my future going and with all of the transitions just from an organizational perspective, it just felt like a good time for me to take a step back and decide what is the next thing I wanna do in my journey and how do I make it count even more so given that dynamic. Thank you for sharing that. You also shared your story on social media um, and it went viral. (laughs) Tell us more. Absolutely, so the day I I left, my last day, it's pretty customary, you know, for people to go on LinkedIn and just say, hey, you know, I'm making life moves. But I tried to also be very transparent in this life move because there was the dynamic of um, my boss passing away. That was big for me. But it also gave me a moment to realize I just needed a break and that it was like time to do something different. And then I needed to be honest that like when you're on these rat races, you can find yourself in a place where you're not feeling like yourself anymore and that's okay. And so I went on and said all of that as I was going away and it clearly resonated with so many people. It got over 250,000 views, I think, because people were finding themselves in a similar place or looking for a sign that because they were feeling a certain way, it was okay to think about doing something different. And, um, And it was just very surprising to see Um, how many people resonated with the story. Brittany, why do you think so many people resonated with what Carla's experience was like? I think for a lot of people, they must need permission to make these big life decisions, whether it's changing jobs, whether it's taking a break and maybe become a stay-at-home parent, um, going back to school as an adult is a big one, because we're taught, I think, from an early age that our life trajectory is supposed to look a very certain way. But then sometimes things like a pandemic come out of nowhere and everything comes to a halt and then you're forced into making a decision and that is almost the permission. But then knowing somebody else that you might relate to or somebody you see on social media, is experiencing the exact same thing and you probably wouldn't have known that without knowing that information. I think it gives people just relief knowing that they're not alone and that it's going to be okay even if they make a hard decision that feels forced. So true, you have permission to do things differently. Any regrets? Not at all. No, not at all. I see it as so much of, for me, it's a a faith walk. It gave me a chance to say that there is something on the other side of this I might not realize. I I never would have expected that type of response and that type of just wind in the sail that I'm making a decision that made a lot of sense, even if sometimes it didn't feel like it. And so it's just been a, a great moment to pause in a way that I just have never been able to do. What was the scariest moment for you? Well, I think when I was transitioning to the new role, the scariest thing was uh, twofold, leaving where I was at in the state of the pandemic. Yes. Um, I was, you know, that wasn't too bad because I knew the person who was going to be taking over for me and like I knew that people were in very good hands. Um, and then coming into a new job that was in HR, HR related, was a director of human resources. So knowing I was going to be navigating that space in this whole new thing, trying to learn the new job, what I had to do normally, and then the added... Uh, bits of like managing the pandemic from that standpoint was pretty daunting. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think the scariest moment actually, Dana, was when I had to tell my boss because it made this very real for me and needed decision that much more real. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And, And saying once I said it, I couldn't go back. Yeah. So it's like getting ripping the Band-Aid off was probably um, the best way to think about it, but but hitting that send and saying, I'm actually going to do this. Yeah. That was big. It's real. 
Jeff, you know a lot about concern of the health of others. You've been on this show before talking about your daughter's two-time cancer diagnosis, and you were recently diagnosed with cancer yourself, correct? Correct, yeah. Yes, and are you in remission? I am, yeah. Tell us a little bit about that. Um, sure, well, first, my daughter is doing fantastic. We she's love been, her. Uh, six years now, I think, without any cancer symptoms or anything like that, so she's doing wonderful. Um, for me, yeah, it was uh, standard first-time colonoscopy. I was diagnosed with colon cancer, um, and that was like, boom, like we've gone through a thing with Kennedy. And so when that came up, it was like, okay, like I think it affected in some ways my wife more than I did because she was the caretaker for her and now was afraid about being the caretaker for me. And so for me, it was just trying to navigate. Thank God I had her because I can lean on her and, yes. and all my other friends and things. But it's definitely a scary moment in life thinking about, you know, all these plans and the things you have planned to go forward with. And, and now here's this curveball. Um, but very fortunate. I was caught extremely early and Sur uh, through surgery, so far seems to have taken care. Yes, yes, and I'm so glad that you are in remission and that things are well. What resources did you rely on in that process? Yeah, well, as I mentioned, uh, my wife was huge. She's my biggest advocate, and so she helped me, and I, we have these great friends in the neighborhood, and you know, yeah. guys, you know, in with the right doctors and things to make sure everything was okay. Um, as you, uh, Megan was here earlier, we know Megan, and so, same kind of friend network like, and so we there's several people who have gone through some tough things before and everybody uh, it was amazing there was a certain rallying around i felt like of trying to make sure that not again and and like it was just i felt like wrapped up in the care of others and just being able to have those other people around to, to help shepherd me through what was something that i was kind of like whoa this is this is a big deal <laughs> that's so true the village is huge in these types of decisions um what advice, Brittany, do you have for people who are going through these life-altering changes or decisions? I would say on top of having your village and maintaining that social network, it's also just having faith and confidence in yourself and checking in with yourself. Um, I think self-compassion is an easy thing to tell people to have, but oftentimes we forget what it's like to take care of ourselves and to prioritize our health and check in with our values of something like a cancer diagnosis might really make you check in with yourself on what you want to keep prioritizing in life. Um, and to have the confidence in making the decisions to take care of yourself and also be there for your family and your friends and be who you want to be at work and being able to go to bed at night knowing that you're doing the things that give your life meaning and fulfillment. I think that is such great advice to take care of yourself, be kind to yourself, um, and build up that confidence when you need it. Because I think we all need it at times. We all have low moments and tough times. Um, so I think that that is so important to be able to pour into yourself and surround yourself with that village that pours into you. How are you doing? How are you really doing? It's the humanity of interactions as we head into the holidays and other stressful times that we should all show up with great care. Check on your family and friends. Ask how they're doing and mean it. Importantly, make sure that you take good care of you. Thank you to my guests for joining me today and for sharing your experiences and expertise. Finally, special thanks to our incredible sponsor, Good Therapy Counseling. Hopefully you've been entertained, if not encouraged or inspired. I do not promise to be an expert, nor do I have all the answers. I'm just Dana being Dana. See you next time. This episode of Dana Being Dana is brought to you in part by Good Therapy Counseling.